0: As I was saying, I'm fairly new to the, the Advent scripture readings, so I, I googled them this week, and I'm going to have to get on the same page with, because I must have had a different, I just googled scripture readings 2016, and and according to the list that I found, there's a different psalm each week, and on the list I found, the psalm for this week is Psalm 122, so I prepared a message on Psalm 122, so if you turn Uh, with me in your Bibles to Psalm 122. Black Friday sales, of course, have officially kicked off the beginning of this Christmas season, I guess, with the uh, end of of Thanksgiving. And now everyone is looking forward to celebrating Christmas. And at Christmas, of course, for, for us as believers, this is the time where we remember the Incarnation of our Savior Jesus Christ, His first coming to earth, His first advent uh, as fully man and fully God. Being born of a virgin just over 2,016 years ago. God's only begotten Son sent to earth. Psalm 122 speaks of the anticipation that we should have in coming to worship God in the house of God. And I believe this psalm is is chosen by some for an Advent reading because of that anticipation that right now we're looking forward to to Christmas, to celebrating the Christmas holiday. And we are also looking forward to the return of Christ. Before Christ first came to earth, the Jews and and Gentile believers were looking forward to that first coming of Christ. And Of course, the wise men were even watching for that event and were able to discern from the stars in the sky of that first coming. In Psalm 22, we find two testimonies and a command to observe that encourages us to worship the Lord year-round with anticipation, looking forward to the day when Christ will return to rule this earth at Jerusalem. The first testimony we'll, we'll observe in Psalm 122 is the joy, the gladness, that we should have as we come to worship. The second testimony we'll observe in Psalm 22 will be that of coming to worship God with thanks, coming with thanks to worship God. And third, we'll see the command to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and look at what that means. Let's read Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall, pr- they shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Let's op- open in prayer this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everyone who is here this morning. I pray that you will use this sermon. I pray that you will use these words from Scripture to speak to each heart. I pray that you speak clearly through me and that everyone would be able to hear this message. And I pray that as we go from here today, that we would even more be encouraged as we look forward to celebrating this Christmas, that we're encouraged as we look forward to your coming again one day. As those back before the first Christmas, we're looking forward to your first Advent, to your first coming to earth. Born of a virgin, incarnated, becoming fully man, and yet fully, you are fully God. We thank you for coming to earth to die for us. And we thank you, Lord, for the salvation that is available in you. Lord, I just pray that everyone here has trusted you or will trust you for that salvation. Lord, I pray that we'll all be encouraged to live each day in anticipation of your next coming and worshiping you from our hearts as David worshiped you from his heart here in this Psalm 122. Pray, you Bless this message again and use it for your, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The first testimony that we should observe here in Psalm 122, 12- One twenty-two, is that David, the author of this psalm, or the person that he is speaking for, says, we are glad. Look at verse 1 and verse 22. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We should be glad to come into the house of the Lord to worship. Now here, of course, this coming to God's house refers specifically at the time David was writing would have referred to the tabernacle that was set up in Jerusalem and later on of course it'd be applied to the temple and today it's it's easy for for us um, to to make that also that application to when we come to church you know the body of believers the church is you know the house of God the temple of the holy spirit each each of our bodies but together we come together we worship the Lord corporately as a group and that's a very important element of our worship. Hebrews 10:25 refers to not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together and the importance of worshiping God together. We can worship God anywhere and anytime that we come to God in worship not just when we come to church of course we should be glad to come before God in prayer to come before God in worship and singing to him and speaking to Him in our hearts and with our lives and our words and our actions. And we can worship God anywhere, but there's this a, a special joy also that we should have in coming together as an assembly, as the church, in the house of God to worship the Lord. Just as David here speaks and testifies of that gladness, of that joy that he has in his heart, when he's worshiping God, from his heart. Notice he's glad to go to God's house. for For many in Israel at the time, this psalm was written. For David, it would have been just a short distance. But for many throughout Israel, this could be a very long distance. And if someone lived outside of Israel, they would come normally for at least the Passover, but often for four main... Feasts throughout the year, and they'd come to Jerusalem specifically. In fact, after um, David's son Solomon passes on and hands his kingdom to Solomon's son Rehoboam, the northern tribes would split off of Israel and form a separate kingdom. And the king of those ten northern tribes, Jeroboam, would actually, for a time, set up a, a pagan idolatry worship for political reasons to keep the people in the northern tribes of Israel from making that journey to Jerusalem and having that connection with the southern kingdom that he didn't want them to have anymore for political reasons. But up until that time, all of Israel would travel. And then even after the Babylonian captivity, when the Jews returned from their exile in Babylon and in Persia, Jews from all over the world including at the time of the Greeks and time of the Romans, would travel from all parts where they lived, throughout the Roman Empire, throughout the Greek Empire, and they would travel to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And this gladness would would be, this psalm would be one that would be sung, one that would be quoted and read, especially with those times in mind of coming to God's house to worship, coming to the temple to worship the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are we glad when we come to come? Are we glad? Are we happy to come to the house of the Lord? And it's so easy for us here in America. We're so blessed. You know, that We have so many places to come to. Um, of course, you always want to make sure you're come, gathering with other believers so you're really coming to the house of the Lord. But so many of those in our country where we can freely come and gather to worship, we have that freedom of assembly that is not so free in many, so many parts of the world where they have to meet in secret when they come to the house of the Lord. But you know, this also speaks of, of the future, and we'll see that toward the end of the passage. Uh, one day we're going to, the, the temple is going to again be in Jerusalem. And in the millennial kingdom, when Christ returns and reigns at Jerusalem, this, this, uh, this psalm will again apply directly to Jerusalem itself as people will come with joy to the house of God, to the temple in Jerusalem when Christ is ruling on this earth in the future. Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Verse 2, Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. And so here, of course, speaking specifically of gathering together in the city of Jerusalem. And we have that to look forward to in the future as believers. But in, in the present, of course, our gathering together is not in Jerusalem, not in one certain city where all Christians gather, but in our local assembling places, our local church for, for us here today, who are members and regular attenders here at the Bible Church of Lakeshore, this church, these are the gates that we come in through. We come through the doors of this church and stand here to worship the Lord together corporately as a group, as an assembly of believers, as a body of believers as God's local church here. verse three Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together, compact together refers to how the buildings of the city, even even the stones within those buildings, but especially the buildings the way the um, towns, walled cities would be built at the time of this psalm, would be many houses were connected directly to the wall of Jerusalem, and many houses you know, would, would share walls and be joined quite together, many different houses forming one city, and this is a great picture of, of also the principle that we see in the New Testament of the body of Christ, the church being made of many members Joined together in one body, you know, and there, and there are many different members of the local church whom God gives different gifts and abilities to serve him and to contribute to the good and the service of the body, the edifying of the body, the encouraging of one another, the building up of one another, and the service, you know, different the different gifts that each one can bring to Work, do the work of the Lord together through the local church. And that is a great picture here of Jerusalem, Build it as a city that is compact together, that is built of separate stones fit together. And as individual members of the church and so many individual local churches throughout the world and throughout history, we're all part of that church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Just like the different parts of Jerusalem, a city that is compact together, is a great illustration for our church today. And so that's the first testimony that we find in Psalm 22 is the gladness that we should have as we come together to worship the Lord corporately. The joy that we have and just as we have a certain joy as we look forward to the Christmas season, that joy to the world, you know, that, that hymn doesn't just apply, of course, to Christ's first coming and his first advent, But also, one day he's coming, he is the rightful king, and one day he will return and rule as king in Jerusalem. And we have that still to look forward to, not just at the Christmas season, or the Easter season, but all year throughout our lives. We have the coming of Christ our King to look forward to. We look back to his first coming, especially at, at Christmas and Easter, at Christmas at the at the time of his birth, and Easter at the time of his death for us, the reason that he's born, the reason that Christmas is, is so important, because he came to be born, became incarnated, became a man, so that he could take our punishment for us as the only person, as the only man who had would never sinned and could fulfill take our punishment upon him and fulfill God's plan of salvation for us to redeem us, to purchase us. So that we see that first testimony of coming with that anticipation, coming with that gladness in our hearts as we come together, different parts of the body of Christ, different members coming together in one place. To God's house with joy to worship. That's the first testimony we find in Psalm 122. And, we, and the second we find is that we see the giving of thanks being so important. As the many tribes, many different tribes gather together at Jerusalem and give thanks to the Lord. They, have, they bear witness. They have that testimony of giving thanks. We see that even through the words here in verse 4. Look at verse 4. Whither the tribes go up and the tribes of the Lord unto the testimony of Israel, excuse me, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel. That that word testimony in that verse means witness. So the tribes go up, and as we come together, it's a very important part of corporate worship, of coming together as a group, as an assembly of believers is the testimony that shows to everyone else. Why do you go to church? You know, that's a testimony. The fact, you know, to, to both believers, to, our ch- to children, to unsaved, it's a testimony. Why do you go to church? Well, we gather together to worship the Lord and to give him thanks. And notice the importance of giving thanks in the corporate worship, in the coming together of the tribes at Jerusalem. The testimony of Israel. Look at the The last part of verse 4, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. So our coming together each Sunday, and Sunday night, night and Wednesday, it's a testimony to the name of the Lord, of how important His name is to us, that we would gather together, that we would set aside this part of the week to come and gather together with other believers to worship God. Part of our testimony, part of our witness, giving thanks to the name of the Lord. In verse 5, for there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Notice how this connects to the previous verse, 4. So it's answering the reason. What's the reason that we gather together and have this testimony, this witness as we come together? And, and what's the reason? What do we give thanks for unto the name of the Lord? God is ultimately in control. He's ultimately the authority above all other authorities, above the, you know, the president or the president-elect, above all kings and governments and judges in the world. For there are set thrones in judgment, the throne of the house of David, For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And ultimately, God, He is the authority. We see that in in Romans 13, He is the one who ordains uh, government in our lives as an authority over us. He is our ultimate authority. And we give thanks unto the Lord. He's He is our ultimate authority. He is ultimately the one who is in control and provides judgment. And so we see that here as part of the testimony of our coming together. We're bearing witness, we're giving thanks unto God, and we're recognizing His control, His authority in our lives. His authority. The third command, the third proof here of, our, of how we should come to worship God together. You could know, look at each of these as a testimony, as a proof of how we ought to worship God, how we ought to have anticipation for Christ's coming in the future. We, there was an anticipation in the Old Testament looking forward to his first coming that we now celebrate as Christmas. His first coming to earth, Christ's first advent. And it's going to be another advent of Christ where he's going to return as our king. And we look forward to that. And we look back and celebrate, especially at Christmas, the first advent, the first coming of Christ as our rightful king who died for us when he came to earth. And so the command we have, thirdly, in verses 6 through 9, is that we would pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Look at verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the Lord of the house of our God, I will seek thy good. It's very important to know a couple of the what these words mean here. Peace and prosperity have essentially the same idea. Prosperity here is not talking about physical wealth. The word prosper is essentially the verb version of that word peace in verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The word prosper that follows. They shall prosper that love thee. Prosper means to be tranquil. That is, to be secure, to be successful, to be, ha- to be happy, to prosper, to be in safety. In other words, to have peace. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And of course, we do not believe in replacement theology that we are now Jerusalem as the church. But there's an element here that definitely applies to us as the church because we are those today who love the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper. In other words, they shall have peace. They shall shall have tranquility. They shall have security. Be happy. Be safe. Be at peace. That love thee. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper. That love thee. Verse 7, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. When we're essentially told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, two things here that come to mind with praying for the peace of Jer- Jerusalem. What does that mean? Well, when we, ultimately, when we pray specifically for the, priest, for the peace of the city of Jerusalem, sometimes you'll hear that used as an example of how we should be praying for peace in the Middle East today. But ultimately, when we're doing that, And that's good to pray for. Ultimately, when we're fulfilling that command to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We're praying, even so, come now, Lord Jesus. We're praying for that coming because ultimately that peace is not going to be there in Jerusalem. That true peace, security, tranquility that is so elusive today in the Middle East and really around the world. It's not really going to come. Until Christ returns one day. And when Christ returns in his second coming to reign at Jerusalem. And that's when there will be true peace at Jerusalem. So essentially when we pray specifically for the peace of the city of Jerusalem, that's what we're praying for. We're looking forward to that second advent of Christ coming to earth. When Jerusalem will finally have true peace. But also, a good application for us today as well, is that just as for the people in this psalm, when they think of this pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they're probably thinking more, you know, thinking still of the first advent of Christ. Maybe not much beyond that, but perhaps also for the peace, that they, that their city would have peace, so that they can worship God in peace, so that you know, t- their temple in the future is going to be destroyed. This is before that happens, before that before the temple's even built that this psalm is written. As it says, it's a song of degrees of David. And I'm sure many will read this psalm in that context of the exile and the temple's destruction. They'll pray, be praying specifically that they'll have peace that when their temple is rebuilt, that they'll continue to have peace and be able to worship God at the temple. But for us, an application of this is in praying for the peace of Jerusalem is that we should be praying for one another because the place that we worship together is not currently, not today, the house of God in Jerusalem. It's not the temple or tabernacle in Jerusalem like it was here in David's time, the tabernacle in Jerusalem. Today, where we worship together corporately like they worship together corporately and the courts in going through the gates as we talked about Wednesday when we looked at Psalm 100, I will enter into the, thy courts with thanksgiving, excuse me, into, and into that gro- gates with praise. Speaking of the temple worship, that applies for us today here in our local church. We should be praying for one another, that we'll be at peace with one another and peace with God as well, that each of us will ha- be, find that peace with God. that starts with, of course, being saved, putting our faith in Christ and having that peace. And this peace that is spoken of here is a peace that is not just speaking of health and prosperity, but a peace that even in the midst of storms, in the midst of trials, and I love that those testimonies that we had of, of what people were thankful for Wednesday night when we had our Thanksgiving Eve service, of how even for some of the trials, people were thankful for those trials because of the peace God gives, even in the midst of a storm, And this is the kind of peace that we should be praying for, for one another, that even in difficult times that they will have this peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. For us today, it includes praying for one another as believers, praying that not only would we be at peace with one another and that we would get along, we're not fighting with one another or being divisive in any way, but also praying for each of us to have peace with God and with one another. That our relationship with one another would hopefully be a reflection of that peace that we have in our hearts with God. That no matter what you know, storms may arise in our lives, that we'll have peace. That God is in control. And we'll have that security that resting in Christ. That he is going to take care of us. He's going to prosper, meaning he's going to give us that peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, verse 6, that they shall prosper that love thee. So let's pray for those who love the Lord, that, that God will give them peace. Verse 7, Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Now remember, prosperity is, another, is just a synonym here for that peace. Now, speaking of that we'll all be healthy and wealthy and all of that, to speaking here specifically, that we'll have that tranquility, that we'll have that happiness of resting peacefully in Christ, no matter what difficult situations and trials will arise in our lives. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Verse 8. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will know and say peace be within thee because of the house of the Lord our God I will seek thy good. And remember in the word palaces in verse 7 that I just read. Remember Jerusalem was not just the religious capital of Israel. It was also the political capital. David's palace, the palace of the king was in Jerusalem. And in 1 Timothy we're commanded to pray for all those that be in authority that you may live a quiet and peaceable life. So let's remember that as we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, as we're praying for the peace of the church, we also need to have a duty to pray for those who are in our authority. You know, the bulletin even mentioned pray for the new administration, pray for the new offices, uh, officers across the country who have been elected to state legislatures and Congress and Senate, and the President as he fills his cabinet, and just pray that we pray for all those who are in authority over us that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Verse eight For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Here we see another application for us as believers today. As we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, what this also means, if we are praying for one another, then if we should always be ready to answer that prayer, that if someone is in need, someone needs our help, someone needs a word of encouragement, be ready to be that person who can provide that help and provide that encouragement to a fellow believer. I believe that's what you see there in, in verses 8 and 9. For my brethren and companion sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Because we are all members of the body of Christ, because we all come together to worship God together corporately as a group, we need to pray for one another and seek to help one another in any way we can. So we have now seen two testimonies and a command in Psalm 122 that teach us to be devoted to God in our worship of Him through our involvement in our local church as a body of believers. Just as at the time this psalm was written, people from all over Israel and even outside of Israel would gather together to worship God as a group. And each Sunday, we gather here together, the Bible Church of Lakeshore, to worship God as an assembly of believers. And let's be sure that we are observing these, these two testimonies and command, that when we come together, we're coming with gladness, that we are not forsaking the assembly of, of ourselves together, that we're coming together, just as that, that city of Jerusalem was, was built of, of many different houses and people together in that city. So as the body of Christ, we're made of many different members and we come together and we all contribute to the edifying, the building up of each other and also the service and glory of God. And it's a very important aspect of our lives and our service and our glory to God is our corporate worship, our coming together as a group. And we should be glad to do that. Let us go. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And secondly, we ought to give thanks as we are witnesses. The reason we come together is the name of our Lord. Jesus Christ is the reason that we meet together each Sunday. And at other times, and when we come together as Assembly Believers, we're coming because of the name of Christ. And our coming together is a testimony to everyone else how much that name means to us. And our Giving thanks is an important part of that. We just celebrated Thanksgiving and giving thanks to God. Every time we come to Him in prayer and worship wherever we are, not just at church, we should be coming with a grateful heart. We have a debt of gratitude that we owe to Christ for He came to earth to die for us. He gave his, God gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. We should be so thankful that and that's another reason why we have this witness, this testimony of coming together to worship the Lord in his house and third we have that command peace pray for the peace of Jerusalem, let's be praying for that coming peace let's be looking forward to that day when Jerusalem ultimately will be at peace when Christ rules on this earth as king the throne of David. But ultimately, as well, we need to be praying for one another, praying for peace with, in our hearts, the peace that, that passes all understanding that God gives believers. Pray for the cultivating of that peace and let's be a part of that, answering that prayer. by being encouragement to one another by being at peace with one another, not being divisive or, or any of that, but to be an encouragement to one another, to edify one another, build each other up, Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's pray for the peace of our church. That each one in our church will have peace with God. That no matter what storms may arise in their heart, they'd be at peace. That peace that Jesus had in the storm that he was able to sleep. Even while the, the boat was taking on water and the storm was greatly disturbing his disciples. Let's have that peace knowing that God is ultimately the one in control. He's the one that is above all the thrones of this earth. Above the politics, he is all the ultimate authority. And for that, we give him thanks. And also, let's remember, you know, Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that ye love one another. Remember, we want everyone to prosper, to have peace that loves God. Let's love one another and demonstrate our love to God in that way. Let's bow for prayer as we close.